It is the Brotherly Love Podcast on Anchor.fm and all of your podcast platforms. Joined by the lovely and esteemed professional and one heck of a model American and John Francis Lawrence Mita. Johnny Mita, what's up? Oh, Joe, the way you describe me, Jefferson, obviously clearly won the chime in. It's pitch black out here, yet he still won the championship. Man, there he is again. Gotta, there's our you mascot. Know, like, he's so calm and collective. Jefferson, why don't you have a seat here? All right. <laughs> um, thank you for calling me a model American. I really appreciate the kind words. Uh, I don't know if many others would use that, but uh, we'll, we'll roll with that. But So thank you. How am I doing, Joe? Um, you know, I'd like to be doing better. I'd like to be doing better. When our football team wins, we do better. We do. Mentally, emotionally, physically, it's easier to get up to go to work, you know? I've been listening to a lot of WIP this week, despite the loss. I did some last week, despite the loss. I'm not sure why. I don't know if it's helping. I threw on the Fanatic today, which is a rarity, and I listened to the Cuz. Yeah. Um. You know, we could spend hours talking about Philly sports radio. But, um, all right, let's get into it. The Birds, they lose 30-28 to 28, uh, in a game that could have been way less close on the scoreboard. Uh, we're going to give uh, biggest takeaway from the game, most disappointing things from the loss, and then we'll talk about the short week playing the Giants uh, just basically 48 hours from right now. Uh, maybe when most of you are listening, the Eagles have already played the Giants. So a lot to get into on the Brotherly Love podcast. Appreciate everybody tuning in. We're at Twitter and now not suspended anymore at Love Podcast. All right, Johnny, Mita, most disappointing things from the 30-28 to 28 loss. The floor is yours. Um, one of the most disappointing things is to hear Doug Peterson come out and kind of <laughs> admit that he doesn't have a lot of plays drawn up for that type of situation. And the play call that he used on the two-point conversion was the worst damn play call I've seen all year. To do a read option RPO with your second string running back. So we all know that they don't really have the practice time to practice that specific play. Yep, good point. And his decision to just, I'm just going to go for two whenever the hell I want it. Like, that's great and all. Okay, if you're converting maybe at like a 70% clip, you got to be converting more than 50% of the time. And I, I don't really know what the actual number is. But again, you just save, you set yourself back. And everyone's like, well, you know, they got two point conversions later on in the game and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, just kick the guy, excuse my language, just kick the extra point, man. Yeah. Make it 17 7. You know, like, why? why, why well, he did it, what, two weeks ago? And it worked on right. the first, their first score. Right. Exactly. Against San Fran. But you knew it's not going to work. You know, it doesn't work every time. It's well, just, they again, the to whole me. game and they didn't kick one extra point. It, is- feels, it feels like he's, it's the smarter than everybody else philosophy. And it drives yeah. me crazy. I'll let you get back to it. But you mentioned not kicking an extra point, right? And you yeah. mentioned sort of by happenstance there, Jake Elliott. I want to run yeah. something by you. Sure. Brotherly Love Podcast, staunch supporter, Brian Swollen Nolan. He said to me the other day, he's wondering if Jake Elliott never attempting extra points could be killing his flow when you line him up for a 50-yarder then pretty much stone cold at some point in the game. Your thoughts on that? I, I found it interesting. I hadn't thought of that. 
Elliott right now, his, he's five for his last 13 from 50-plus yards. Yeah, um, I think that is a great point, something that you really don't think about. But like anything else, it's just like them bringing Jalen Hurts in the game and kind of disrupting the flow of the offense when Carson has it rolling. Like, I, I agree. You got to start kicking extra points. I mean, now that the extra point is like a 33-year-old field goal as opposed to like a regular chip shot, you, you need that. You need that repetition. Again, they didn't have preseason. They, you know, I mean, they, yeah. they weren't in game situation. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, I agree. Like I thought and, it was very and interesting. That, and I hadn't thought Trump, about it, but, Trump, you know, again, and, and to your point, sort of like every player likes likes to get in the game early. Uh, again, listen to WIP today. Ike Reese was talking about it. You know, they're just saying, like, I think a caller brought it up. It's like, get the ball in your playmaker's hands early. The fact that Fulgham wasn't targeted maybe once in the whole first half, like, how is he supposed to get into a rhythm? Give the ball to Sanders a couple times. And Ike's point then on, you know, when the caller brought that up is when you go three and out five straight times and have a fumble in there on your first half drives, like, nobody gets in a rhythm. And that's a problem. That's a problem for this team, too. All right, I'm sorry to steal the floor from you. Uh, back to any other uh, disappointing things from the loss, and John made his mind. Um, I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, it's just, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I don't know where I'm like dumbfounded, but it's so disappointing that we refuse to run the damn football on first down. Like it drives me crazy, especially like when it comes to like a long drive, right? They're getting into some rhythm, boom, boom, boom. And it's like first down. It's like great time to run the ball. Yeah. And then they just get so pass happy. And then next thing you know, what happens, right? Next thing you know, what happens? Uh, they turn the ball over. Something bad happens. It's like I just don't understand, like, a quarterback's best friend is this running game. And I think it's actually easier to run block than it is pass block. I mean, if you ask any expert, if you ask any type of ex-NFL lineman or anybody this way, they will tell you it is so much easier to run block than it is pass block. Then why, let me ask you this, and I agree with you 100%. You know I've said this before. I'd rather the lineman be punching the opposition in the mouth and backpedal the whole game. Why are they struggling to run the ball with consistency? Now, they've had some breakout runs, and you and I are both on the the run-the-ball campaign. We're on Mm. that team. I think they should be running it more because, again, you've busted a 70-plus yarder in two straight games. Like, what's to say you won't get a 30 or a 45-yarder in there with a few more carries or maybe a 12-yard run? Uh, Do you think it's just they're not running it enough, so that's why it's not effective? I I think it's completely repetition. Yep. And then I also think it's the immovable parts. I mean, this offensive line is like something you've never seen. I mean, they've probably had 12, 13, 14 different starters. Yeah, well, they've had a different starting combo every week. Now, the good thing is some of these young guys are playing. Yeah. You know, so hopefully that. I'll tell you what, he he looks – he's got a little nastiness, too. Yep. I mean, I don't know when that that, – the Baltimore Ravens are in the side. I saw it. They picked up the fumble, and then yeah, that guy tried he, to get up off the turf. Frank, my what, he just, Frankie, he just blasted that guy like, in the next week, which that's what you need to see from him. I saw him, like, hit somebody with one arm on the goal line on another play a week ago. And, like, he's 
So you, you might have found something in some of these younger linemen, yeah. and you're going to need that because turnovers, like if you look at it, like Kelsey, he might have a year left maybe. Yeah, he might retire. Uh, he might retire. So then you're going to shift Sulamalo. He then becomes your center. Now you got to say, you know, who's playing left guard? Who's playing right guard? Lane Johnson will likely be your right tackle. You got Brooks hopefully coming back. But again, your left side is going to be completely different. So, you know, so that, so, and it's, so, I don't know. Defensively, again, uh, I mean, I just. Give me your biggest takeaway since I know what, I know why you're disappointed in the defense. What's your biggest takeaway from this game? I mean, the biggest takeaway for me is that we might have found a a very serviceable, decent wide receiver in Travis Fulgham. The fact that he has three catches or three touchdown catches in three in three game his first three games as an Eagle, the only other person that did that was like Terrell Owens. So in yeah. some of the catches this guy's making. I mean, he almost caught that Hail Mary at the end of the I half. I mean, he had it. He just he just couldn't hold on to it. But I mean he and the way he high points the football and he uses his body like, man, the kid's a player. Like, and I mean, Carson, I mean, that was one of those backyard love chunks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, your boy's getting chased around the yard. It's like, ah, I'm just going to haul it up and maybe somebody will make a play. But, man, it's nice to see that they have a receiver, you know, that'll go up and, and, and make a play when maybe the pass isn't absolutely perfect. So, so that's great to see. Um, again, with their other running backs, you know, man, like Boston Scott and Corey Clement look shot. I mean, I don't know. We might have found Fulgham, but the other t- – it's just – this is a talentless team in a lot of areas, man. I know, it's and I'm, dis- just- I'm, I'm disappointed in, in myself for not seeing it. I'm, and quite Me frankly, too. I'm surprised a lot of the media didn't see it. A lot of local pundits had this team picked to be – you know, in that nine, seven, ten, and six range, you're going to be lucky to get the six wins right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, and they might and, win the. And the crazy right. part is, they still might steal the division at yep. six wins, which yep. is just unheard of. Right. Exactly. Um, all right. A couple disappointing things for me. Sure. Uh, the inability to make adjustments early in football games has been a problem forever. It's 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 just it's damning. It's this team is not good enough to make up for rookie mistakes, poor coaching, clock management. You know, you're getting gashed and you just wait till halftime to change it up. Jamone Brown's getting eaten Uh. alive on the offensive line. Let's wait before we put, you know, like just you got to see stuff and react. And I'm not saying overreact like the fans, but you're making millions of dollars as a football coach to make adjustments. That's part of what you do on a game day. And it just hasn't been good enough. The first half. Two huge drops, the fumble, the fourth and one, the missed field goal. It was as bad as you could have played. Uh, and just think, if they had a field goal or two or a touchdown in the first half, maybe they go on with that rally late and win the game. I, you know, you and I have talked about this. Momentum in the NFL, I'd rather have it late if you're going to have it at all, right? You can have it early in a game, but the team that has it last always is most dangerous if they're within striking distance. And a bird's just, you know, that game's a couple minutes longer. Maybe they get it done. Um disappointments again and i know this heart is something weird to be disappointed about but the injuries man miles sanders zach Ertz, jack driscoll like this team oh they can't stay healthy they can't stay healthy they're gonna get guys back just to lose more it's crazy 
Um, the offensive line for a team that's had what, like 20 years of pretty good line work. I mean, from Trey Thomas and John Runyon, you know, and Bubba Hank Fraley, like all the way through the all pros we've had now the last, you know, part of this core team and everybody in between for the, for a long time as Eagles fans, we've had a good offensive line. Jeff Stoutland's got his work cut out for him because they were, especially early in that game and, and specifically the right guard and Brown who people were saying they wanted him to get a chance uh, off the practice squad. He was claimed, I think from Cleveland and they were like, this guy's legit. He won't give his job back to Matt Pryor by halftime. Half of Eagles Twitter wanted him in Afghanistan. Uh, so the offensive line certainly disappointing for me. Um, I guess my biggest takeaway, I got two things. The Ravens didn't play that well, you know, yeah. drops penalties, Lamar Jackson didn't even look 100% healthy, which is scary. Uh, Baltimore, I think, took their foot off the pedal. They knew it was on the field. You know, I heard even today that they had a very vanilla second half offensively because they didn't want to put anything on tape. You know, when teams are playing like that against you, you know they know they have a way better edge in talent. The Birds gained some momentum. They battled. But, again, I think we got to keep in mind Baltimore probably, when they're up two, three scores, they're thinking this one's in the bag. Give the Eagles credit. It's easier to play, though, when the opponent's, you know, taking his foot off your throat. But my biggest takeaway from all of that, you know, that let's not get too crazy that they kept it close because the Ravens probably didn't care. Carson Wentz is a battler. And Philadelphia, of all towns, should embrace that. He catches way too much flack around here when, you know, he's not perfect but he competes his bag off. And we are a town that prides ourselves in that. So cut the kids some slack. That 40-yard run was incredible to just keep them alive. The throw, like you said, jumping off his back foot, lobbing it up fourth and nine. Yes, he needs a catch from the receiver, but he's giving them a chance right now. And Philadelphia is a town that, you know, again, we pride ourselves on that. Should be taking it easier on this guy. Yeah, I mean, it's – and that's the thing. Like, I know, and I have a lot of friends who are like, oh, I'm done with Carson Wentz, or I, I don't know if he's got it, or he's, you know, like, and they say that. And I'm just like, listen, get him a better offensive line. Get him some legitimate weapons. Like He's thrown to, like, 36 different guys the last four years. Something insane. Right, exactly. And and how do you build any, how do you build any type of chemistry and continuity? Right when you got different guys every day of the week. And I think he's done a hell of a job. But then, you know, somebody said, well, how come he, he plays better with, like, like wide receivers that aren't as talented as the one? And I'm like, I get, again, I don't know if really that's the case. Or it's just, yeah. Well, did I, he really play better or, or worse? I mean, like, I guess my point is, like, 2017 he had weapons and he was on his way to an MVP season. Exactly. And, again, if you examine the weapons of yeah. 17, like, Torrey Smith, okay, nice player, deep threat. But, I mean, he's a number three receiver, number right. two at best. Alshon when Alshon came was- back last year, they had uh, they had some – Good chemistry. Alshon right. had a couple of scores. A Dolphins game, right? Yeah. Um, Green when Nelly, well. when Nelly yeah. wasn't scared of his own shadow, he produced. Right. You know, Deshaun in the opener last year, two touchdowns, bombs. Like I know those are we're we're individually picking things out, but he's had success with star players. 
He just hasn't had them around long enough. Absolutely. Yeah. And it'll I mean, be interesting to see on Thursday if either if, if Deshaun goes or what if these guys put in the work because and here's another thing, and I, I found this very interesting. And Ike Reese said today that he went on a rant about these guys and their limited practices, right? The injury report came out today. It's basically just a walkthrough, but yeah, you know, Deshaun's limited and Rager's limited yeah. and this guy's lit and he's like, enough. He's like, they're you know, are you playing or not? Because if you're not playing, go to the training room. Get yeah. healthy for the next game. What are you doing in a limited practice role? Jogging? Like, you're taking reps from other players. He talked about the mental side, how young players, which the Eagles do have a lot of them. We don't know if they're any good or not. But some of these young guys can be thinking, well, man, is Deshaun playing Thursday? Because then I'm going to get less reps. Like, the mental side of that for the whole team. You see these guys at practice. every. There's coaches in, in certain lines of sports if you're hurt, you don't come around the facility. Right. Like you're just not there because you're a distraction. Yeah. So what are these guys doing on a Tuesday walkthrough? The 10 guys that are limited in participation. They're in a hoodie and shorts and they're walking around Novacare, you know, going through the motions. Like get healthy in the training room and let the other guys that are going to play practice rather than three weeks of limited practice for Deshaun Jackson. Uncle, like I've had enough. I agree, man. Uh, Thursday, how do they get it done, Johnny? I mean, it's a short week. Um, I think it's really simple. I mean, their defense has got to play a lot better. Because, um, I mean, Daniel Jones, uh, he's pretty athletic. How they get it done, they let, they let the Bronco buck, baby. They let Carson, you know, just make plays and get him out on the move. I mean, and run the damn football. I mean, again, you're going to have Boston Scott – you're going to have Corey Clement, and you're definitely going to have to bring somebody up from the practice squad. So I don't yeah. know if that's Elijah Holyfield, but apparently he was shown flashes in camp. He doesn't have breakaway speed, but he's, he's that hammered-type north and south runner. Might as well give him a damn shot. Or maybe you put Hurts in at running back. I don't know. Yep. I mean, you know, the guys run the ball a lot. So, so again, this is a winnable game. To me, if you don't win this game, then you might as well tank the rest of the season. People are right. going to think I'm a listen. A jerk no, you're right. They have that. to win the next. They have to win the next three. It, it, if they win the next three and get the four, four and one, which I don't know how a team with one win six weeks in is going to win three in a row, but they're playing slop. Yeah, they have the Giants twice. They have the Cowgirls, and they have a bye. Yeah, you know, if you can go get the four, four and one, you are going to coast to this division because the Cowboys have the Steelers coming up. Uh, I don't even know if they'll beat Washington this week. Yeah. And then if you beat the Cowboys, that's another loss for him. Like you will, you will have the divi- You will have a game lead in the division for sure if you take care of the next three games. Absolutely. Um, I, I I think Boston Scott. I texted you is when when Miles Sanders got hurt on Sunday. Like he's got to get twenty carries on Thursday. And I know that sounds insane. And I know, again, I said like Reese's name a bunch, but listen to him today. He was ripping Boston Scott like. And it's not Boston Scott's fault. He was blaming Roseman for making this guy the heir apparent when he's just not good enough. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe I got overhyped on Boston Scott in four games last year. But the guy ran hard, and they needed it. And he had two good games against the Giants. Maybe with some carries in the first series and the second series, he gets some momentum. And over the course of the game, he can run some guys over or get behind that line and make something happen. But a running game would be massive just to keep the Giants off the field, give some balance to the offense. So Boston Scott, 
I don't know if he's going to get the carries I'm hoping for, but he needs to have a big game. Obviously, like you said, the Broncos got a buck. Carson's got to be legit. And two players for me on defense, big play slay. We'd love a pick. Uh, or just lock down Slayton because he's crushed the Eagles in the past. And Brandon Graham, um, you know, he played pretty well on Sunday. He's got he's to get to the quarterback. Fletch, I thought, played pretty well Sunday. Josh Sweat was okay. Derek Barnett was absolutely invisible. But on defense, I'm looking for BG and D. Slay to get it going. And speaking of Darius Slay, he had a tweet after the game on Sunday. And he said, basically, the team competes. And he loves him for it. So I think that's a positive. I know it's a moral victory week again for the birds. They got to get some wins. You know, at some point you got to, you know, competing's great. You got to get some W's. Uh, but at least it seems like the team continues to rally around Doug Peterson. And we'll see if they can get it done yeah, on Thursday. I mean, night. It's, listen, I mean, these are winnable football games. Like, yes. did anybody expect to beat the Ravens? No. Just don't screw up. I mean, kid, did they have the opportunity? Sure. They could have tied it with, you know, a minute to go in the game, two minutes to go in the game. So, and even the pitcher game. I mean, they were down, what, three points, and then they gave up the, the um, right. you know, the blundered touchdown on the terrible coverage. And, and the Cincinnati game, yeah, you tied. And then, and then you lose a game. How we lost to Washington? I mean, that'll be a total mind blower for it's the, 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 twenty years. Just the, again, we said we said you had to be three and three through. I, I thought right. get through the through the first yeah. six three and three, and if you don't fumble away, literally spend seventy minutes pissing away the Bengals game. Yeah, and you find a way to beat the Redskins when you're up seventeen nothing. This team be three and three, and we wouldn't be. The sky would not be falling. We'd be laughing at the Cowboys getting obliterated last night by the Cardinals on Monday Night Football. Exactly. And the division would be a cakewalk. I know. In like the three games you thought were well, they you hope they take one out of two. Like, but then right. they theoretically could have won all three of these games against Baltimore, Pittsburgh. They beat San Francisco when you thought that that might be the over three gauntlet. So um I'd like to provide the weekly Justin Jefferson update now. Okay. I like it. I love this. Twenty-eight thing. catches through six games, five hundred thirty-seven yards, an average of nineteen point two yards per catch, and three <laughs> touchdowns. That's Justin Jefferson, Minnesota Vikings. Twenty-eight <laughs> catches, five hundred thirty-seven yards, nineteen point two average, along as seventy-one, twenty-two first downs on his twenty-eight grabs and three scores. There you have it. Your Justin Jefferson it, update. Should have drafted it, him. Yeah, he was sitting right there. And people keep in mind, like his first couple weeks. Like weeks one and two, he had like he 30 nothing. receiving yards. Now yeah. he's just going berserk. Like, and it's just, man, ugh, that's just going to piss me off. Forever. All right, but before I like we move on to some, <laughs> before we move on to a couple he's other things, Johnny Mita, yeah, go ahead. I have your stat of the day. Right, here we go. It's a two parter. Right. Stat of the day since the Eagles won the Super Bowl, they have a record of 20, 20, and one. And played some great 500 ball. Nice. Part two, Miles Sanders, after the Eagles finished on Sunday, was third in the league, third in the league in rushing, but 16th in carries. Just 33 carries the last three games for the now injured running back. Third in the league in rushing, which is mind-blowing. And then – And 16th in carries. You would think he would be at least in the top ten in carries. The World Series uh, starts tonight. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's – 
Dodgers or Rays, who you got? Well, listen. I mean, you got to root for the Tampa Bay Rays in this one. I mean, yes, you do. I mean, come on now. You think I'm going to vote for anything L.A.? No. It's like I'd like, oh, like if the Celtics made I mean, you know, maybe I might root over the Celtics if they were playing the Lakers in the finals because, like, I hate LeBron. So, but no. Tampa Bay all the way, baby. I mean, they're going to get. How about Tampa Bay? They could have the Lightning, the Rays, and a football team in the playoffs and the Buccaneers. What a sports city they're turning out to be. Are you kidding me? I mean, well, how about about the guy that was like on the Phillies pitching staff at Charlie? Curtis? Huh? Curtis? No. Or Charlie Morton? Charlie Morton. Did you see his numbers? Like, yeah, we tore it. Yeah, he's like 41 and 19 since he left the Phillies, but he tore his uh, hamstring running out of sacrifice bump with the Phillies, like four starts in. <laughs> when was he on our squad? Could we, have had the, could we have had the DH? Yeah, they signed him. Yeah. They signed him, <laughs> and four starts in, he tore his hammy, he left, he went down to Houston, and he's been like the best pitcher in baseball. Now he's at the race. Oh, it's just, I mean, all we can do at this point is laugh. I mean, you, you... Uh, it's either that or cry. I mean, I'm really yes. laugh, you yeah. Know? So I'm with you. Let's root for the Rays. Yeah. Um, we'll see if Kershaw and the Dodgers don't choke it away. Uh, you know. They got a lot of momentum, though. I just kind of feel like the better team in a long series. Ugh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, they kind of – he was pretty impressive that they were able to come back down 3-1. I agree. Um, so, yeah. But, again, not really. All right, Johnny Mata. Uh Doc Emmerich retired from broadcasting. Oh. Heartbreak hotel, uh, man. I'm gonna miss that, dude. I this is gonna sound terrible, but like I kind of felt like like he left us. Yeah, like I was rattled. Like I was, I so I watched like NBC Sports did like a five minute video that he must have voiced over when he knew he was heading out, right? Man. Where he's like thanking the fans sure. and how much the game and sport is changed, and it was unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah. And like I was straight up like it was, it was emotional. Well, I mean, and I mean, for you, listen, for you, the guy's the best. I mean, and he's a great person. I agree. I've met him. Like I said on Twitter the other day, like one time I was working at SMG corporate, like 2002, 2003, just out of school. I'm trying to get a broadcasting job. And through a mutual friend of ours, Doc Amber called my work line. I was like at lunch and he left a message on there critiquing my you know, my air check, oh, right? Like my, my demo CD. So cool. And he referenced, he referenced Gene Hart in it. And he, it was like a, like at least a three minute message. Like, oh. you know, good job with this. I can tell you're going to be great. Like you do this well, try and give the time and score more. Oh. Don't forget Gene Hart once told me, like I was, I was like, talk about mind blown. Dude, if you had that message for one of I know. archives, I mean, that's I know. incredible. I mean, that's so amazing to hear. Like his story, like Glenn Mack now and Ray Dinger, they do like uh, yes, they tell us your story, tell us yeah. your story interview. And his was just he was like what, like a science teacher, a math teacher? Right. I mean, he's got his PhD before he came <laughs> into broadcasting, which is just yeah, crazy. He's... But well, you kind of have a pipeline to him, so maybe we can get him on as one of our guests one of these days. You said you wanted to do it. I would love to. I mean, would we love would to love have it. That. I mean, there's so many questions like. It's just his iconic voice, and he just knew yes. when to when the game started shifting. It just he was brilliant. Yep. I mean, he's what he's the best. I agree with you. He is the best, and will go down as the best in hockey. I mean, I don't. Yep. 
He, yep. he's, it's not even close. I agree. I mean, he's a he's a Mount Rushmore of all broadcasters, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. His, you know, the outpouring of sort of support for him, and uh, for, you know, and good luck in your retirement, and what he accomplished in his career. Um, it's just been if you're on social media, it's been crazy. And you know, to me, like the the verbiage, the cadence, the the delivery, uh, the wit he brought. You know, the knowledge, just mixing in stories and stats, and it was just so well done. But always using his color analyst, and it was never about him. It's some, you know, somebody tweeted that the other day, like, and it's so true. And it's, it, you know, the time and generosity donated to the game and to fans and to broadcasters like myself, they're up and coming, just unbelievable. And it's kind of sad. Like, I'm really sad because for him, if the, I don't think this is how he wanted to go out. That's just my take. I think he probably would have done another year or two, but the pandemic has changed everything. Like he did all those games from his home in Michigan, which wow. is damn near impossible off a monitor, yeah. you know, not next to his color analysts. And it wasn't the same doc. He was great, but he wasn't, you know, again, at his age, it's such a tall order for him. He did it so well, but it's just, it just wasn't fair. And I just think he's probably thinking, When's the next time I'm back in a rink? And, you know, I, I don't know. I don't want to put words in his mouth. But to me, it just it just seemed like it was such a tough, I'm sure, doing those games from his house in his basement, basically. Where it's, it was just not what hockey should be to him. And, yeah. and the fact that, you know, his last game is calling the Stanley Cup and he's not even there and there's no crowd and that, that lack of emotion – um, it's just, it's makes a uh, difference. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just really rattled that that's his last game, you know, potentially, yeah. uh, 47 seasons of calling professional hockey, you know, 45, Joe. 45 game seven, Sean Mita, wow. 22 Stanley cup finals, 14 all-star games, six Olympics wow. for doc Emmerich, Mike doc Emmerich. What a career. Thank you, doc, for being the best. And being an inspiration to a lot of people like myself. Question for you. Was he ever like the Phillies or like the Flyers? Yeah. Him, he, he worked Flyers games with Bill Clement. With Bill Clement for how many years, right? I don't like, was know. That, but was that, was that early? Couple. Was that and, like late 80s, early 90s? Yes, I think. And then he went to the Devils. And he was with the Devils forever. Right. And, and I don't think he ever wanted to leave Philadelphia. I think gotcha. that. I don't know if it was a prism thing or an organizational yeah, 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 thing yeah. or, but well, I, I, I just remember hearing said. there was a little, it was a little edgy. I think that departure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you just got so used to hearing him there, like how good he was. Well, there. think about having Gene Hart and doc Emmerich as your broadcasters, Harry yeah. Callis, Merrill Reed, like Philadelphia's been blessed, man. Yeah, Crazy. Very true. I agree. Crazy. Uh, Johnny Mita, you wanted to touch on the Titans' lack of punishment from the NFL COVID violations or anything else you want to add on Doc Emmerich or other of our topics, brother? Um, well, I mean, just real quick with the NFL, you know, they were kind of doing some research and the Titans had, un- they had some organized workouts when they shouldn't have been together and then it just spread like wildfire. And all in all, no one's getting punished here. Everyone was talking about how big the Jurassic camera the NFL was going to do. And essentially, uh, it turns out they're going to get fined. And uh, essentially, the Titans paid them off and uh, moved on. So, uh, you don't know <laughs> what the NFL is about. It's all about the uh, almighty dollar. And, uh, you know, Roger Goodell does another great blunder job. I mean, I don't know how you would have, again, the type of evidence if they if they had these workouts when they shouldn't have. Again, it's hard because, like, it kind of really wasn't defined on how you could get together and 
and everything is so different. So, but I don't know. It kind of looks like the NFL. I mean, they were talking like they were going to come with a big hammer, just like they right. talked about they would bring a big hammer for Patriots. Over like, to oh, they got yeah. them. Oh, they, they got, got them. forfeit games. Like, and when you think of like big punishment, well, I mean, there's no greater punishment I think in sports than what SMU got, like the death penalty. But, um, I don't even know if I could say that nowadays. Uh, but so anyway, I don't know. The NFL just blunders again, just as usual. So yeah, that's pretty definitely, much it. definitely a little disappointing. Yeah. Uh, when you heard the reports that, you know, they had screwed up and they were going to pay for it. Now all of a sudden it's been swept under the carpet and we couldn't find anything in our, you know, in our investigation. It's like, did yeah. they break the rules you set the protocols you set or they didn't. And if they did, didn't you have something in place? Right, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. What would you have called two-point conversion game on the line Sunday? Um, well, what I would have done is, honest to God, I would have tried to figure out if Baltimore is going to go zone or man. That's when you use your motion, right? So if you use motion, it's easy for you to diagnose a defense. Cause like if the players are going with you in the motion, that means the most likely they're in a man to man coverage scenario. Again, right. I probably would have thrown a fade route to Travis Fulgham. I mean, the guy doesn't let you down. He knows he can catch, but I would have probably sprint Carson out to a favorable side and had him make a play and throw for the first down. Knowing that Miles Sanders was hurt and you're not really getting a good push with the run with for some reason, Boston Scott's not running as well as he did last year. I would have put the ball in Carson's hands and say, you go win it. Either throw it with your legs and, you know, but probably throwing a fade route to Travis Fulgham, in my opinion. Cause the guy I'll tell you one to- thing I would have had happen is I would have moved the pocket. Like you said, I had Boston Scott back there as a, as a block and then an outlet if you need him on a miracle. And I'd had Jalen Hurts in the game. Yeah. Give yeah. him something else to think about. Line those two up next to each other, snap it to one of them, and whoever takes it is you know is going heavy to one side where your where your protection is. Uh, I know it cuts the field in half, but you know you only got a few yards to get. And to not be ready in that situation, I mean, I was texting with a couple of buddies, and I was like, "You watch, they're going to come back." Like when they so they got within a score and they kicked, you know, they kicked it deep. I'm like, "You watch, they're going to get a touchdown. They won't get the conversion." Yeah. I just smell it from a mile away. That game was so weird because I was disappointed, but the whole game I expected them to lose. So when they lost, I wasn't like crushed. I was just more like, like uncle, I've had enough. Yeah. Same, so, old, same old story, but it was I just know. a guy that comes up with Philly, Philly. I don't know if that was his doing, but to come up with that play call at that point in the game was just extremely disappointing. All right, Johnny made a prediction for Thursday. I think the Eagles win 31 to 20. I'm going to go 23 16. Birds by a tutty. Yeah, an ugly and NFC for at least 10, showdown. For at, least again. For, for at least for 10 days, we don't hate ourselves. Here we go. That's good. I'd like to watch Sunday at football in peace with my soul. There you go. I like that prediction. That sounds good. And just think if the Giants win. The Giants move ahead of the Eagles. And if the Giants win, people, start getting your draft boards ready for 2021. Because <laughs> oh, I, 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 I know I will. I know I will. 
I'm just kidding. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. John and Mita, great stuff as always, brother. You too. Appreciate it. You're the best, Joey. And hey, big up to Doc Emmerich. Congratulations on your re- retirement. Well deserved. And uh, Joe, thanks again for sharing that unbelievable story about that. That's the first time I think you've ever told that story to even one of your best friends like myself. So I uh, appreciate you sharing that with everybody. But what a cool story, yeah, man. man. That's yeah that, that's big time that's like having one of your idols like oh yeah nice job and and to get that and, and i got to i got to call uh i actually got to talk to him on the phone one time and well i've met him in the past but like sure. uh i think 2007 uh i was getting ready to do the echl all-star game and i said to scoop cooper again him and doc talk almost every day and i was like you know what and he was like i'll get you in touch with doc so i just picked his brain on how to call an all-star game you know, how to prepare, yeah. what to look for. Nice. Um, yeah, just one unbelievable human. Um, well, so, yeah, as you said, congrats on an unbelievable career. Everything he did for the game of hockey, a Hall of Famer for a reason, the GOAT, Doc Emmerich. Enjoy retirement. Um, all right, go Birds. Hopefully get a win. Uh, Your birds I, I don't know what to expect. News, breaking news. We got a little sixer news. Just want to share with everybody. Yeah. Jameer Nelson has just been hired, the great point guard from St. Joe's nice. University. Has been hired as an advanced scout and assistant general manager to the Delaware Blue Coats. So, I guess Jameer is hanging up his broadcasting duties with CBS College Basketball. And uh, hey, I mean, listen. Hopefully, this guy needs to judge some talent. Maybe we can find some tweeners. Anyway, maybe two to three years from now, he's ready to be an NBA GM. Maybe we can only pray. All right, Brother Love Podcast, sign off. Thanks for tuning in. Like us, follow us, subscribe us. Go Birds. God, please get a win. Till next time. <laughs> <laughs>